0: You are watching or listening to the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast, episode 132, the longest running episodic, whatever the hell this is. On this episode, we're going to talk a little WWE evil and we're going to get into deep economic analysis or something resembling that. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. I'm Carlos, and that's David of the Fed Rate. You know it. Indeed. So, what's up?
1: Well, I actually have some exciting news. I mean, I'm excited. I don't know if anyone else is excited.
0: You successfully didn't die.
1: Well, yeah, that's. I fair. would assume. I would assume
0: you'd be excited about
1: that. That that was successful. I believe I had COVID, so yes, not dying was was you know, yay vaccines. Consider that a win. Uh, next win, I am going to see Mick Foley of all people on June 1st, which I'm actually super stoked about. I got the VIP package for that.
0: What is Uh, the context in which you were going to see him?
1: So it's a, it's his like traveling show that he does. So it's like kind of like a, it's kind of a combination. Like there's a opening act, which is like stand up comedian. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out and I guess he does a little, basically it's like telling stories from his career, you know, with a comedic bent, if you will.
0: Right. And then everybody gets in line at the end, hits him in the head with a chair.
1: Exactly. Actually, in this case, they do it before the show.
0: Ah, well, couldn't hurt Like I just want to make sure you get the full McFoley experience.
1: We all get. We're actually all taking part in in an I Quit match. It's us versus McFoley. I like it. I like it. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I've got the I've got the uh, picture drawn for the autograph. Mm -hmm. So excited for that. Um, Otherwise, uh, soccer season wrapped up at school this week. Which is good. So there's a little more free time coming up my way. And otherwise, looking forward to, you know, hopefully continuing nice weather. It was all of a sudden it was weird because we had, you know, shit weather, shit weather, shit weather, shit weather. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's actually spring and it's nice. And it's like, where did that come? It felt like everything just kind of bloomed in a day. And all of a sudden, everything no, basically,
0: basically, I watched a switch flip. It was very entertaining. I was just like, huh,
1: that's pretty <laughs> was, much what I, that's what it felt like. Yeah
0: yeah because because i was wearing my i had my light sweater that i wear i got some long sleeve sweaters that i wear and and uh, and it's fine for me when it's like that because it was like in the teens uh not too crazy not too hot not too cold it was kind of in between i'd wear my light jacket or something and then all of a sudden it was like ah, oh, twenty twenty 20 and change okay then sure great Yeah, usual canadian standard fair enough
1: pretty much exactly it's like can we get more canadian yes we can nice all right how cool. about you carlos how are you doing
0: uh, just getting through work uh got some vacation time coming up uh we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit during the next segment about it um or the one of the next upcoming segments but yeah just kind of uh, starting to do a little uh, late uh spring cleaning and preparing for the for the expo and kind of uh, working on some of that so I'm kind of uh I've been in the market consistently but I'm also kind of looking at the current situation and keeping an eye on some stuff to see what I kind of want to do because I have projects and things that I'm working on so we'll keep an eye on that stuff
1: nice. All right, so, Carlos, I would like to submit this thesis, Mm. that there is something out there that WWE actually does well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is, I feel like WWE Studios can put together some good stuff. Like, they make a good documentary.
0: Well, I think WWE Studios uh, has has been good at that for a while. They are good at documentaries now. Whether the documentary is giving valid information is a different conversation, or whether there's a little bit of WWE spin on it, it's a different well, conversation. I think
1: there's always a WWE spin on it. Yes, I'll, and I'll, yes. I'll give you the, I'll give you the, the, the actually. So let's get into this, all right? Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's a couple of things about it, but I'll give you the rest. The question I want to ask you in a second, but there's yeah. eight episodes. Okay. So I want to ask you about who you think the eight episodes are about, but I'll tell you about the first one because there's something hilarious in this. But uh, so basically, it's, it's all about heels. Yeah, right? I know so
0: Orton's. So... I know Orton's one of them, and I know Roman Reigns yep. is one of them.
1: Okay. So the the first episode is about Hulk Hogan sure. and like his turn to Hollywood Hogan, and the NWO. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Okay?
1: Which is a solid episode, and they interview like you like Bischoffs interviewed, and you know, but literally, it's like feels to me sometimes watching it's like, is the WWE taking credit for the NWO? Because that's kind of what it feels like here. No,
0: WWE you... has literally taken credit for anything that has ever happened in wrestling, even if it predates the WWE. Somehow the WWE was involved, just to be clear.
1: And, and also, it also felt like, you know, they're marketing as, this is the first time in history that there's been, you know, a heel turn like this. And it's like, well, not really. I mean, it was different in, for a variety of reasons, but like, you know, the idea of someone who is an ultra babyface becoming a heel is, is not new.
0: No, it's not new, but I will say the given that he had been an ultra babyface for so long and so prominently, and in so many big shows, the level at which he had attained, especially at his apex, because by that point Hogan was a household name. When people talk about wrestling; Hogan was you know the name they used at that stage. Um, so he had that kind of cachet. So for him to be a babyface that long and then become a heel was significant. It was uh, it was notable. Uh, But certainly, they didn't invent the heel turn. (laughs) That had happened plenty of times.
1: Yeah. But uh, a solid episode uh, and good. But nothing, I mean, if you know the story and you follow the story and you listen to things like uh, Bischoff's podcast that he has, which I've started listening to, actually, Mm. which I quite enjoy. Uh, He's extremely long-winded, but a lot of great information. Uh, You know, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything new out of it. But it is nice. Which you should also
0: take to, to, in fairness, I have listened to his stuff and it is quite good but i should give the caveat that you should also take it with a grain of salt the same uh, the same way that anytime hogan says anything it's like can we validate that in six different places i need to double check that he goes but i said listen if i listen to you 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 body slammed andre the giant in front of 557 million people and you, he was 14 million pounds
1: the, i don't the weight trust of andre the giant and the size of the audience gets bigger every time he talks every single him. time
0: Every single time and um, Bischoff, uh, like I've been having my fun. This is a separate conversation. We can have it al- another day, but just, Bischoff is kind of fun for me because he'll he'll give the, uh, the facade of occasional humility, but sometimes it's very clear. He still doesn't understand that he screwed up WCW. He did a lot of great things, but he also screwed up WCW. And a lot of that comes out when he'll do his critique of AEW, which by the way, to be fair, uh, based on a lot of the critique I've given, I do think Tony Khan has an ego problem. And as, and as a man of great ego, I understand. But at the same time, it's like, you gotta have a little bit of self-reflection in there somewhere. Bischoff, all these years later, still, the, the, he looks in the mirror, but the mirror is like smeared with like motor oil or something on it. Like it's not, it's obstructed. He's not actually seeing the picture properly. Um, I, th- I think he forgets conveniently his role in the decline of the company. There were forces beyond his control, but he contributed and he helped that get them to that position. There's a really good chance. I don't remember the exact figures, but there's a really good chance that by the time WCW was done as much money as they had made, they had lost it all and more. So it's very entertaining that, uh, that I was like, yes, you built the company and made it huge. You also signed a lot of the contracts that eventually became albatrosses that doomed it financially. You signed those contracts. You can't just blame Vince. You can blame Vince Russo for crappy creative, But you can't blame him for horrible Albatross contracts that you signed.
1: To be fair, I think he blames more the the network.
0: But the the network was what killed it. But the company itself was saddled with these contracts that if anybody else was interested, they, they were going to only consider it under the idea that they could get TV. That was the number one thing. But number two, even if they could get TV, they're like, yeah, you're keeping those contracts. That's basically what the deal was. WWE finally, but when they bought the library and the name and brands and trademarks, they were like, yeah, uh, we'll take some of these folks, but for the rest of them, you're paying them to the duration of the end of the contract. We're not taking that contract. It's not that they didn't want those people, by the way. They would have taken Hogan, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, you know, all, sure, they would have taken them sooner, right away, right after it was done. They would have been great for an invasion angle right away. They didn't have them because they were getting paid ridiculous amounts of money. The WWE didn't want to take in because the second they bring them in, now it's your contract. Now you got to pay. Now you got to pay the thing. Yep. And that's the reason the invasion angle was neutered compared to what it could have been. Because it's like, well, how much is Kevin Nash getting paid? How much is Hogan getting paid? How much is Goldberg getting paid?
1: Yeah. And they paid them, you know, Time Warner paid them all to sit at home.
0: Mm -hmm. And those were Bischoff contracts, the whole lot of them. So they were sure. a factor. I'm just saying financially they were a factor, and they made the company less attractive potentially to a potential buyer. So it limited the options, which who knows what would have happened if they, if somebody had been in a position to to take a stab at it with more manageable contract situation. Who knows?
1: Yeah. All right. So we've got three episodes you've mentioned. So that mm-hmm. was the one, right? The other one was the Randy Orton one, which I thought mm-hmm. was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh and dives into a lot of like the psyche i think that one more than any of the episode really dives into the psyche of it and his psyche and how he's used sort of like personal traumas in in creating the character yeah orton
0: orton Orton has been peeled probably one of the guys who's been the heel the longest and his and his work as a heel has been consistently pretty good he's usually really good as being a heel so he would probably have a ton of insight because he's had a lot of time to think about it and he's and he's had a lot of good people that have helped with elements of it along the way
1: yeah and then the roman reign ones which is the last one i mm-hmm. haven't finished it yet yep. i' have about a half an hour left but it's, sure. it's it's pretty good and then you know it's it's got all the people in it that you would want to be interviewed so that's three of eight mm-hmm. care to take a guess of you know the best heel i mean i don't they don't ever market it as the greatest heels of all time but if you were making a show called wwe evil about heels in the business who are, who are the other five you're going to add to this and let's see how many of them are actually on that list Carlos
0: Greatest heels. Um Did they include Kane?
1: Uh yeah, they did an Undertaker Kane episode. Okay. Episode so l- Link
0: two. yeah, that makes sense. Um Greatest Heels. I would have put Million Dollar Man myself.
1: Yeah, they did not do a Million Dollar Man one.
0: That that that, that that's that's a miss. Um
1: I thought so too. I like I agree. I guess I was like, you know what? Like considering he really should have been on there.
0: Yeah. Um JBL had a really good run as heel. Not on it. Okay. That would have been a good one, too, because he did, he did a good job with that one. He kind of reinvented himself. That was his main event run. That's when mm-hmm. he made a run when he came in as heel. Um, he wouldn't be on it. Uh, one that also was an omission, for sure, Uh, that would have been a good one, but obviously they would not be on terms to do it. Uh, a CM Punk uh, heel one would have been good because he was he was an excellent heel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, they're, they're not yeah, going to do any happening. business together. Um, uh, if he wasn't on the outs, Ric Flair would have been a good one. Ric
1: Flair was one of them.
0: Oh, so they did get it. So maybe they recorded it before the, uh, yeah. so before did, the backlash. So they did a Ric Flair one. Okay. Which,
1: which was which was also good. I mean, again, I don't think it really added a ton. No. You know, if you've seen the other Ric, you know, some of the other, like the 30 for 30 or or, or things like that. didn't really add anything to it.
0: In fairness, but, though, Ric Flair's heel character is very straightforward. Like, it's just very arrogant, kind of paranoid and psychotic. And like, like it's not, it's not, oh, let's put it this way. Ric Flair's uh, heel work doesn't have layers. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty straightforward. You, you kind of get the idea very quickly. Um, For sure. But he, obviously he he's had a great run doing it. Um, okay. So how many is that? So far? Okay. Are so there we him? have three left. Okay. Heel, um, heel, heel. And anything
1: you just want me to tell you what they are, I will also do that.
0: Yeah. I could take a little time to One of about your it, personal
1: no. favorites... Ingest is on there. Ready? Good. The Miz.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, sure. Right? The, the, which the, was, the, the mean, Vanilla Tosio. The Vanilla Tosio.
1: Which was interesting. I found that one interesting only because that was the one I learned, I think, the most from as someone I didn't know anything really about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not know he was, you know, created the character of The Miz. In, during his stint on MTV's The Real World,
0: I did know that. Yeah, I actually did know that. I will say though, um, and this is how this is how the the Miz has has put has lulled me into a sense of, an overwhelming sense of meh. I met Melba Toast. I combined vanilla with Melba Toast. Now he is Vanilla Toast. Like it's not even like that's not even, like, that, that's not I was even just a thing. Let you have it, man. That's not even a thing. No, like I, I was listening to my I was kind of listening as it came out of my mouth, and I'm like, that's not even a thing. I just made that up that's how meh this man is he is meh. fair enough the goat of right. meh.
1: sasha banks
0: okay yeah her heel was very good yep
1: so even more so now that she walked out
0: yeah and at least at least they got a lady in there at least they got one so that's
1: yep. good and she's the only I uh, no she's not the only one and the other one ready possibly the greatest heel of all time stephanie mcmahon
0: yeah right uh she tries she she doesn't she did get a reaction but she got a reaction per largely because she's a mcmahon she she wasn't anything special uh but you know she did her job um but, again but yeah we're, we're but not for like an yeah, episode yeah if they had done this show years ago before like obviously she was also on the outs uh they could have done a fabulous moolah because she was a long time heel too yeah but she has her own problems yeah she has her own problems beyond like and I think she's dead anyway. I don't remember if she died or not. I think uh, she, yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah, yeah. But even if she even if she was alive, <laughs> she'd be toxic, they wouldn't touch her. Um, but she she was a long time heel. A long time heel.
1: Yeah. So there you, there you go. But overall I thought enjoyable. Uh obviously mm-hmm. some better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but again, they put they put a good I also watched uh the Mortician documentary on okay. Paul Bear. Sure. Uh, it was, I mean, it, it was the be- best of anything I've seen from them recently. It was, it was really, I mean, it's older,
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: couple of years, at least by now, but uh, it was really, really well done.
0: Okay. Sounds good.
1: And it has, it has you know, they have lots of clips of him. They, they have some really good interviews from him in 2011. Mm-hmm. They put, put throughout it as well as, you know, more recent interviews, which was, which was really solid and, and does a great job of covering his sort of whole career as well. Okay. So I'd put that out there too. If you're, if anyone's thinking about watching anything. Uh, the wwe's putting out i highly recommend the mortician
0: i like it sounds fair all right
1: carlos so uh we're gonna segue out of wrestling although maybe we'll talk some wrestling as we come to this but i'm curious so the world is as always you're a crazy place
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now we're in a stage of you know record high inflation right record uh,
0: record record high
1: Wow, well, like in terms of this, the highest well highest in thirty years. Whatever. Okay, that, that I was gonna say,
0: the nineteen seventies would like a word with you, sir.
1: Okay. So we're, <laughs> we're at the the highest inflation rate in thirty years. Sure.
0: Yeah. Probably All closer right. to forty, but fair enough. Uh,
1: we are also looking at the potential uh, of a recession.
0: Yeah. or stay well, I, I i don't think the potential I, I would i'm willing to i'll call it a, i'll call it a, all right the fair enough i want to
1: be fair to you know i'm as being not being an economist i want to be fair to the economist but yeah. all right yeah
0: i'm we'll, just, call, we'll I'm just calling i'm just calling it based on my perception i believe we'll we give are the, to the
1: of expert in the room sure so question remains then mm-hmm. you know i was thinking about this the other day. i'm like okay well you know obviously we know how it affects certain aspects of your life anyone goes to the grocery store they know how it affects that aspect of your life
0: can, can I give you a quick funny anecdote? Sure. Okay, just directly related to what you just said. Um, as as you well know, I'm a, I'm a passionate fan of of the of the Coke Zero. I know. Uh, love it. Yeah, love it. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Senior and the and the family did me a favor and grabbed me a bunch of the six packs because I always get these these large ones. Mm-hmm. But like these are super shortage. Uh, I'll, I'll because because I'm too lazy to do my own grocery shopping. Sometimes I'll use Instacart and I'll send people. I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to keep the economy flowing. You know, uh-huh. I'm doing my part. Y'all do your part. So anyway, so I send people. I send people. And a bunch of times I've been getting refunds back because they're like, yeah, it's not there. And I'll be like, really? So this one, so to this one, this one. I'm not even trying to get it on sale or whatever because they would always put these on sale in different supermarkets, rotate around, and they'll have like a sale on the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, yeah, no, there's none. And I was like, you bastards. The end is nigh! <laughs>
1: And you think that would not be, you know, really something that's going to be affected by supply chain
0: issues. Yeah, it's, but, it's, but I'm just saying, it, I'm, I'm being lighthearted about it. I'm being humorous about it. But it's like, no, it's uh, supply chain issues. And it can affect weird things. By the way, this yeah. is not a life or death emergency. This isn't a staple. I like it. For, for me, I, I joke with the old man as they say, that's it. Close down the supermarket. It is the end. We need to get ammo and guns. Prepare for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, but it's but it's but it's indicative of a supply chain issue. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: So, so my question on this then, Carlos, to you, because if anyone I know is going to know anything about this, it's going to be you.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, do any of these economic issues that we're currently facing are are they showing up in the card market? Have they, are they there? Is it affecting the market? Are prices, you know, reacting to it? What, it or is everything sort of business as normal? Things still going up? What what's going on on that front as regards to the relation to the economy?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure so let's do something fun here and what i'm going to do because i have a couple different indexes i'll talk about the economy as well but let's do um this is probably not the best example but for the hell of it i'll use this i'll use this argument and we'll, we'll do it this way um so let me do this one year because i can actually show you a little chart um yeah let's do this okay there we go so I'll show you two things that maybe will help a little bit. Again, I'll give context to it just so we don't put too much emphasis on it, but I do want to use it as a little bit of an indicator. I'm not advertising the tool, so don't consider it an advertisement of any kind, but I just want to use this as a metric. All right. Um, so in this application, uh, this is for cards. They, u- they created a little index of uh, 50 cards. I disagree with a lot of the methodology of the index. The cards are listed, which is a good thing. They do mention it. I don't agree with the mix. However, there is- Is it just like a
1: random mix of cards? No, it's not a random mix.
0: They try to stick to, like, they got the Bobby Orr rookie, the Nolan Ryan rookie, the Pete Rose rookie, Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax. So they try to grab what are considered significant cards in different sports and non-sports. Okay. But anything where you're putting an index of 50 cards, you could you could argue what should or shouldn't be there. You got a Lemieux rookie and a couple – you're going to have a Gresky rookie in there, John Elway, Willie Mays. Like, okay, okay great. But anyway, so again, keep, bear in mind that there are – I have critiques of, of a lot of this. However, right. it'll still give you a general breakdown because you got new, you got vintage, you got modern, a combination there. So this index, what it does is it tracks over time. So this is beginning of 2020. This is right now about two years right.
1: ago. So we're looking at a graph here.
0: Yeah. In this graph where I've highlighted right now, um, and we'll have to describe it obviously for audio purposes, but anyway, so basically in 2020, we we basically are using that as a baseline for this okay. because I'm looking at a two-year window here. Right. So based on that baseline, um, as you go along, what this tells you, it doesn't matter because you, if you go longer, you'll see that it's gone up over time. By the way, we're still higher than pre-pandemic, just to be clear on this, just so we're all clear. But obviously we had a gigantic run-up prior and then leading into 2021, and then right now, the apex was around March of 2021 on a lot of this stuff. Okay. Now, at that point, at that apex, for these items that are being selected from this little basket, so think of it like you're, you're, uh, a basket of assets, whatever you want to use as a metric. Mm-hmm. So in this basket, the index was at 7,000. 1,000 is the original baseline, depending on how far back you go. It had gone up already quite a bit. 2021 is the absolute apex. We, it went from 7,000 to 33,000. Jeez. So even though things were already running up, it had gone up almost another five times, okay? That's
1: huge. That's huge. That's
0: just to give you context, okay? And it was already higher than it had ever been. We were already coming off huge highs, okay? Right. And it still exploded within under a year, another 5x, okay?
1: hmm
0: Obviously, from there, we're on down. We have a precipitous fall down. But even over the precipitous fall down, this one here is in June of 2021. we're we're just shy of a year, about 11 months ago, and that's still 16,000. So we're still comfortably double what we were two years ago where we were already higher than we have been the previous several years.
1: Now, what accounts for, I mean, I I get obviously that it's still high. Mm -hmm. Is there something specific or a couple of factors that account for that drop at that time? So Mm -hmm. between March and June of 2021?
0: So basically, if you think of March, 2021, part of it was um March of 2021 was right around the time of, um I'm just trying to think if I'm getting the time exactly right. I believe March of 2021 was right around the time that I think PSA had to shut down its grading. I don't remember if it was exactly right around that time, but I think if I'm uh, going from memory, basically, we had a couple of things that all came together. And this is the bigger point I want to make. Anytime you're measuring anything economically, if you look at headlines, everything is simplistic. Everything is simple. Real life is not. Real life is very complex. It's very nuanced. And we've got amateur economists everywhere. And I count myself among them. I'm not a professional in this. But I'm someone who observes. I'm someone who studies the history. Uh, I have interest in it. Uh, so I'm enthusiast of it. So because of that, I like to take the picture without the emotional um, interjection. So because of that, I just want to know what is. I don't care how you feel about it. How you feel about it is relevant because it'll impact what you do. But if you actually want the reality, you got to actually look at what it is. So yes, PSA, I believe right around that time, uh, somewhere in March, April timeframe, had to close its service because it had received so much business. As you can see from that gigantic run-up, with money being made hand over fist, you buy something at $100, and you can immediately turn around and sell it for $140 within a week, or $150, or $200 within a week, everybody's making money. What happens if you go buy a box of cards, you grab some of these cards, you send it off to PSA, you get it back, and you can sell it for 6X what you just paid for it? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you send everything to PSA? Send everything! Damn the torpedoes, just do it all. (laughs) Well, as a result of that, to give you context, At its absolute apex, PSA received 600,000 cards in one day. Wow. Today, PSA has expanded its capacity tremendously. They're they're, they're by far and away the biggest player in the space in terms of capacity to be able to grade cards. They can today grade 60,000 cards a day. On that one day, when their capacity was not as big as it is right now, they would have received 10 days worth of business and then immediately had a nine-day backlog. That's how crazy it was. Right. And right up until that point, they had record days leading all up into it. To put it into perspective, when PSA suddenly slammed the door shut to stop the zombie hordes from you know, taking over the castle, so to speak, um, they had somewhere estimated between 12 to 14 million cards in a backlog. Million with an M
1: that's a lot of cards
0: we're more than a year past that they have been chipping away at it ever since and their capacity is the highest it's ever been they believe now that they can have this backlog completed by early fall they are under 4 million cards remaining on that backlog which is still crazy
1: it's still crazy to think they have that many cards to go through
0: but think about that and the majority they've done an analysis the majority of the remaining cards in that backlog were submitted in March of 2021. They are now reaching, they are now digging into the pile that came in on March 2021 before they slammed the door shut.
1: That's crazy. Over
0: How many of those later. cards
1: belong to Carlos Alcazar?
0: None. So, to put it into context, actually, it's very funny because a buddy of mine, and I can tell you a little more about it offline, but a buddy of mine is a big bulk submitter with it. Uh, and I've I mentioned him on my channel and stuff and he comes on and we, we chat. He was actually on on Friday night and we were chatting um they run they run the the psa canada thing so they do that they're the biggest bulk submitter we have in canada and um our the canadian backlog was done nine months ago but we were also a lot more responsible in terms of what we sent we didn't send everything out of ridiculousness we also didn't send nearly as much but more importantly when things looked like they were really starting to slow down they utilized a little bit of common sense and they said hey you know what things are really slowing down Maybe you want to either send a little bit less or maybe be really deliberate about what you send. So some people said, okay, let's take a wait and see approach. So their submissions slowed down before that door slammed shut, whereas in the American side and everything else, 600000 one day. Yeah. So what does that tell you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: our back our backlog has been gone forever. We, we haven't had a backlog in forever. The last time I sent it in, they went, boom, turned it around in about five weeks. If I, now the pricing hasn't come back down to the previous level but the expectation is that as the backlog cl- inches closer to completion over the next couple of months it would not be unusual because we got the national coming up at the end of July so it wouldn't be shocking if by that point the backlogs maybe under 2 million cards and they're tracking towards that fall timeframe i wouldn't be shocked if another price level comes to at a lower price point and becomes available for folks which will make certain things easier to submit but we're getting that at directly the same time that also people are concerned about economic factors. So liquidity may not be available. They may not want to send as much stuff anyway. So you got two different factors. Yes, the price is coming down, but at the same time, the amount of disposable income some people are going to be playing with is also going down. So that's to give you context. Right. Does that help answer a little bit of the card market situation?
1: I think so. But on the on the 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 individual prices of cards themselves. Some of them right? some of them have
0: have collapsed. Compared to the, uh, compared to the high. I can actually give you one. I can give you a good one. Uh, then maybe it'll be a good illustration of this. All right. Um, so yeah, let me grab this one here. Um, let's use, let's use our good old buddy LeBron James. All right. Basketball market was one of the hottest, hottest, hottest markets. Yes, okay? absolutely. So we we'll use this one for context. This will be a good example. Again, this is not every card, but it's a good example of what happens when one absolutely explodes and then what happens afterwards right. uh, when you get that kind of situation. How, do, how would you describe that chart? Uh,
1: it explodes and then steadily goes down.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not, not steadily at first. At first, it sinks really quickly, and then and oh. then it kind of levels off a little bit. So to put it into context, uh, it's a little hard to see, so I will read it to you just so you have it. So we had this situation where, again, you go back two years. So uh, at first,
1: what card? What, it's a LeBron James card, but which card? So this is, exactly? is the
0: 2003 tops chrome lebron james rookie card in a psa 10. okay so we're using that for comparison okay now uh two years ago you could have bought that for about 6600 dollars. that's about the going rate at that time and it had already gone up substantially so quickly i'm going to pull the beyond two years just for a moment so oh, wow now <laughs> this is tw- this is 2019 it was under 2000 and if i go back to 20 early in 2019 you could have had it at about a thousand bucks so you can see like now the peak becomes even more dramatic
1: it really when you look at it this way, it's like you know basically I, a straight line and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it goes up a, quite a bit and then mm-hmm. shoots up exponentially
0: this oh. was a conversation I had on the live stream uh, yesterday people do not grab because people are looking at the the shorter window and they're going like, oh my God, the prices collapse the prices collapse and I'm like mm, l- l- let's discuss that for a minute so anyway, so I, I wanted to give you that broader context, okay? Does that help yeah. visualize it?
1: <laughs> can, yeah, can you? absolutely. That was okay. that was really good.
0: So that means that in a year, it had gone up five times already leading into two years ago. Right. Five times in under a year, 5X, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's at $5,000 or $6,000 or whatever. Okay, absolute apex. This is in February, 2021. So mm-hmm. February, March timeframe. Yep. Okay, right around the same time period I'm talking about. Yep. Magically. At its absolute peak, apex number, it was $43,100. Which
1: is insane. So that, based on, sorry, let me, let's just clarify okay. this. But based on this chart and this fact you gave me, that $43,000 figure, mm-hmm. the card was actually sold for that amount. Not Multiple listed, than sold.
0: Multiple times. yep. Okay. Yep. At that point, it was, over 40, it was trading over $40,000. Today... This card will trade you at about eight thousand dollars. Now, to be clear, that is still higher than exactly two years ago, and that is eight times higher than early twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah. So it's still, but
0: the market on. has collapsed. If you compare forty thousand dollars to eight thousand dollars, that is a huge decline. Forty to eight means you're down eighty percent, but you're still eight times what you were three years ago. Yeah with an 80 percent decline think about that
1: i know it's still crazy (laughs) so so do you do you think though moving forward then this is that line going to go down even more do you think because of you know if we say okay we're in a recession mm -hmm, sure do you feel that's gonna you know cause it to go down even more as people feel you know the pinch more and have less disposable income at least for a little bit longer
0: so this is where it gets tricky so let's kind of talk about this and feel free to ask any questions you have while i while i talk through this piece Mm -hmm. um so yes it can but what's going to be tricky is this here's your problem you run into if somebody has an eight thousand dollar card even if they didn't pay eight thousand dollar for it let's say they paid ten thousand and they they bought it as as it came down or they bought it on the ascent, and it's it was eight ten thousand and now it's eight thousand if you had ten thousand dollars to spend at that time you're probably not hard up for cash. Yeah, you're getting pinched, but at the same time, it's like, so do you wanna take a loss? Do you wanna take a twenty percent loss? In this case, I minimized the loss. I didn't make it you I didn't make you the forty thousand dollar buyer. I made you a ten thousand dollar buyer who's lost about twenty percent. So about twenty okay. percent haircut. Uh you wanna sell it?
1: Maybe, maybe if you, not. If, you if you absolutely depending need, on your circumstances. Yeah, if
0: you need the money, sure but there's a lot of folks on the higher end of this market who paid a lot of money into it. Yeah. They're taking, they're taking a haircut right now, but at the same time, um, they may be like, okay, I'll sell it, but I'll sell it at a certain price point only. And if they offer me below that, I'm not going to bother. There are going to be bargain hunters out there who will try to purchase it for a lower price, but they're like, yeah, at that price, I can't do it. Or they'll try to trade out of it. They're like, yeah, I'll give it to you at this trade value and I'll take these other ones that maybe I feel have more upside. Um, So, yes, I do believe that there are a number of cards that have more downward pressure potentially, but some of them are going to hit their level for no other reason than there is a a number of them available that makes it so the people that have them at this point are able to hold. This one has about 2,000 copies, so there could certainly be more sales that would bring the price down. But um, other stuff that is rarer, um, that person may be like, yeah, I understand the market is super down on this, but. When it rebounds eventually i'd rather just hang on to it until it gets to my number again
1: yeah so do you sort of foresee kind of like a like a leveling off where there's going to be a lot less buying and selling
0: on uh, on those ones on the example that i gave there's a very real likelihood that the consequence will not be a lowering of the price even though if you put it in the open market the price would be lower it's going to be people holding and it's going to be a decrease in the amount of sales it means that they just won't sell the amount of um the amount of transactions will drop because people won't do it or they'll do private deals where they can come up with something or they'll do a trade cash deal that doesn't get reported in this kind of thing. So like, imagine you say, okay, look, I'm willing to do a deal with you. I can't do it for 8,000. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, well, do you really want the card? He goes, yeah. Okay. Well, I've got these five cards. I value them at about 10,000 in the current market. Okay. So would you do one for the five? Maybe they trade down and trade for 10000 value and maybe a little cash, and that's how they do the deal. Well, that's not going to appear in the sale. Right. Because you did a bartering. You did like a part cash, part trade kind of thing, which is a way if somebody – and then that person has five cards. And if those cards stay stable or go up a little bit or whatever, they can actually get some of their money back. Mm -hmm. So people who are able to be flexible suddenly get real creative. All of a sudden it's like, all right, let's work out some kind of a deal. Let's figure it out. Yeah. It's just a matter of who wants what. Now, for those kind of things, it's a buyer's market. So the bargain hunter, and we can talk about that when you get into the more regular economic thing, because this applies to this too. Uh, the people that are willing to play that game and uh, are able to play that game, it gets real fun and really interesting very, very shortly in this kind of business, this environment. Any other questions from this piece, uh, from the card perspective?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that 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 makes sense, and and I think it's clarified some things. And it, mm-hmm. you know, I think you've clarified the outlook as to where we're potentially headed and what what it looks like right now. And those graphs were quite illuminating.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to uh, carry it over into the economy as a whole, sure, general if you economy? Want. Okay. So the rules here apply almost the same, but because obviously the stock market is way down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and certain other assets are being depressed and interest rates are going up, which in turn means that uh, real estate is going to slow down uh, as much. It's already doing so, but it will slow down more because it'll simply cost more to borrow. More money to borrow, less people borrowing. Less people mm-hmm. borrowing, less free cash out there um, or you know low price cash because we had super low price cash for a very long time. And as a result of that, we also had very low uh, interest rates as far as interest for your money you put in and save. So interest rates were ridiculously low. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to see some of those, depending on what you're who your banking is, uh, they're slowly creeping up. Why? Because the interest rate's up in general because your mortgage will also be up. If you have a mortgage renewal right now, your life sucks because, you're, because it's gonna be much higher. So um, those are all gonna play into less disposable income. It's gonna play into all those different kind of fun things. But the reality is, and this applies to stock market, it applies to crypto, It applies to a variety of different things. And I'll use a crypto chart since we like our charts. Let me use a crypto chart.
1: Yes, we do. Because crypto is taking a hit too.
0: Absolutely. And I want to give a little context to that as well. We'll have a little fun with it. All right. So here's the Ethereum price chart. Good old Ethereum. Uh, This is the last six months. Strictly just the last six months. It has been, it is down 53%. Significant. It is. What's funny though, if you go forever and you go long-term. Yeah. I, it it depends on your ability to look and understand the greater picture. Sometimes it's good to zoom out and look at the greater picture. Uh, again, I'm not recommending anything. It is not my job to oh, recommend. This
1: sorry, time. first of all, I will I will so basically the first chart Carlos shows is basically a downward yeah. trend
0: for 53%,
1: yeah. For 53% for, for 6 months. For 6 for 6 months. months. But then if you, you know, where does this one begin if you zoom out? So this one
0: so this one goes all the way to 2016. So this okay. goes basically the last 6 years or so.
1: Right. You see you do see that downward trend on the end for the fifty three percent, but you Absolutely. also see a market increase from where it started in twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah. In twenty sixteen you could have bought one Ethereum, and I'm just using this as an example. Just as an example. You could have bought one Ethereum for fifteen bucks. Today it is two thousand five hundred and thirty four dollars and that's with a fifty three percent decline. Yeah. And so you did, have to,
1: Like like so many things, right, with the market and economics, it depends when you get in.
0: Yes, a lot, but to put it into context, you have to think about that. Now, what you have to look at is this. you you If you go here in 2017, it was up almost $500, and then it was down under $300, and then it kind of stayed stable right around there, and then, boom, 2018, $1,700, all-time high. Man, by 2019, it is down to $111. $1,700 to $111. on a percent. I don't need to explain to you that on a percentage basis, that is a collapse. Mm-hmm. A huge collapse. That's in 2018, December of 2018, and I remember it well because a lot of people were selling the crypto in December of 2018. Now, here's the fun thing. $111. I told you today it's $2,500. Yeah. It, it had gone down. Forget about the LeBron James example. That's way more than 80% way more than 80 you went 1700 to 100 bucks dang <laughs> that's probably like 90 percent in change like a 1600 hundred dollar drop on a 1700 item yeah that's massive it's huge now who has the balls to buy at this point not a lot of people funny enough it kind of stays oh man it gets to like a couple of hundred bucks 300 bucks and this is going into 2020 so this is now a couple of years so you're having to eat this for years It's just not going up, it's like 200 bucks. And then 2020 pandemic, boom. 2021, 4,700, all time high. Oh my God, boom. And that's, uh, sorry, that is in May of 2021. uh, 4,700, all time high, boom. June of 2021, 2,200. Oh my God, it collapsed by more than 50%. Boom, here. This one is November 12th, 2021. $5,800 $5,800 all-time high and it's gone down 50% since that it is going to go this is not a market for the weak of stomach you have to understand you
1: mean, you mean crypto in general
0: absolutely it is not a market for the weak of stomach it is not to... my mom asked me uh to real real-life example my mom asked me about that and I was like uh how do I say this politely and I never try to say it politely you're old but what I meant specifically in this case, other than the opportunity that I that I relish to tell them they're old. But re- beyond that, I said, no, you're in a you're in a time of your life where your job is to uh, basically uh, sustain. Your goal here is to protect the assets, so to speak. Your goal here is to have your money available, the money you have made, and the money you've saved, and the money she still works, so the money you're all making. Your goal here is to preserve. Mm-hmm. You are not in a position where you need to be seeking uh, these massive gains. What the hell for? You don't need the money. The house is paid off. Like the majority of your expenses, you're fine and you're covered. And you actually make way more money than you guys use in your day to day life because you're still working full time at a decent job, making decent money. Yeah. And your expenses are a fraction of a fraction of what they once were. Yeah. So if anything, right now your job is just to chill. And I, I put her more into the lines of. Um, GICs and really like safe, safe items. Mm. Safety is what you're looking for. Preservation is what you're looking for. Wealth preservation. Yeah, That's the point in their life around. Somebody like me, I can afford to take more risk because in relative terms, what do I lose? Not a big deal. And I have a longer time horizon, so I, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so, But I'm, I'm not putting all my, to be clear, I'm not putting all my money into crypto, but am I purchasing some here and there as that price was coming down? Absolutely. So, and I just use that as, as an example. Um, same thing. Uh, real story. Uh, when COVID initially started, when it first uh, happened, um, at that time, all the banks got slammed mm-hmm. immediately, right in the immediate aftermath. And at that point, I did give her some advice. I said, oh, "You should probably buy some stock in some of these banks." She's very risk averse. She didn't want to do it. I said, "Okay, fine." I didn't have a lot of cash lying around. So this is this is the lesson portion of it. I didn't have a lot of cash lying around. But I still purchased them. I purchased some stock in uh, in a couple of the banks that I've uh that I have worked for, possibly. Um, because I knew that they had already been uh they had already gotten lean prior to that, funny enough. They had already kind of anticipated potential headwinds. They did not expect a global pandemic, that wasn't something they had planned for, but they had already in general felt like there were gonna be some headwinds and they said, Okay, so let's uh let's let's get ourselves right so that all our departments and everything are staffed appropriately. Because if somebody's not doing something around here, let's figure that out. So they had already um, uh, given some folks retirement packages and stuff months prior. That had already happened. So the, the department was already running lean, which is to say that means nobody's going anywhere. Everybody that's here has a purpose. They're doing their job. They're they're just going to keep they're going to keep showing along. So when the value of the stock went down by more than fifty percent, what did you think? I thought time to buy. Time to buy um it is two and a half times what i paid for it today and i've been getting dividends every quarter since yeah that is the opportunity well, i mean bank,
1: banks are generally a pretty good in, like invest like banks generally over time yes it's, but a, it's, it's a good investment
0: but they're also good when you already understand that they have that they're stable that their assets because this is in a 2008 situation where people are wondering what assets they have this is something that was beyond their control this is, this is a, that. It wasn't directly pertaining to the And also, Canadian
1: banks are ge- were generally better uh, positioned for that than some American banks were. Correct.
0: But now imagine that understanding this, you're presented with a 50% discount. That's unjustifiable. There is no justification for that dec- for that rapid decline other than folks panicking. Yeah. And that's what happened. Fear became an opportunity for me to purchase those shares. Cheaper than they've been in longer than two years. It hasn't. It hasn't come back down to the price. So that's like, that is what awaits. And I use the more extreme example for folks because a lot of folks are very concerned and fearful, and I understand. But I tried to give them the analogy. Now let's talk about two thousand and eight for a second. That was a massive decline. Um, I used the example, and somebody was able to pull up the number. Do you know how far down in price Bank of America fell? Um, At the absolute worst of uh, the time that um, 2008 was happening. I
1: don't know. I'm going to go with 85%.
0: Well, I don't have the percentage of, um, but let me just grab the stock price history just for a minute, just so we've got it. Uh, Let's take a look. Can I pull up the chart on this one? Yes, I can. Actually, this is a good one. So let's do that. Since I uh, love my handy-dandy charts tonight. So I'll point to you some stuff, and I want you to describe it for me if you can, okay? All right. Okay. So I made the chart a little bigger just to make it easier to read. Okay. Okay. I will highlight the specific piece. I'll give you the number and then we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. So uh, this is around 2006-ish. This is years prior. Bank of America was peaking right around uh, $54 USD per share. Okay. 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 So now we've got a gigantic plunging line here. Mm -hmm. This is as things are starting to get a little concerning, a little concerning. And then we have uh, basically our, our, our nadir February 2009, Bank of America's shares are $3.79. Wow. That is comfortably a more than 90% decline. Later on, 2021, the shares are back over $50. Imagine if you buy shares at $3.79. And then later on, you're able to, and by the way, throughout the whole time, it did recover up here to about $20 a share. It came down a little bit again, under $10. So you could have bought here in 2012. And then over time, it just kind of rolled and kind of rolled and kind of rolled. And today it's about $50 a share.
1: Yeah.
0: Or 30, 35, whatever. But even if you just held it and it was 35, okay, fine. 10 X. <laughs>
1: Still like, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like fine, only 10 X. And by the way, this pays a dividend. So the dividend yields about two and a half percent a year. Yeah. So here's a question. It's 2009, February 2009. People are freaked out. How many shares do you think you can buy with a thousand bucks?
1: I would say a lot.
0: Yeah. About 300 shares. 300 share.
1: Yeah. Which is okay. significant.
0: Yeah. That's about, about worth about 10 grand today. Yeah. So, and then you would be getting dividends every quarter since 2009. You don't have to do a damn thing. Yeah. That's why I laugh. It's like, now I understand that that is a that is a risky thing. It is a scary thing, and I'm not and I'm not giving financial advice. I'm not telling anybody to do to do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is just to understand that history tells us that recessions, you know, weird black swan events, all this kind of stuff. If you see something that is an opportunity and you are in a position to capitalize on it, there were people that became rich after 2008. Only because they were the ones who were willing to dive into that pool, not knowing exactly how much water was in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: turns out there was enough to swim. And everybody else stayed on the sidelines and watched, and the people that were in the pool got rich. Yeah. So, if you end up with a recession, which I believe we're we're in the process of getting into them, how long it's going to take? No idea. Um, what the nadir of that one is going to be? Can't predict. What's the pricing going to be at that point? No clue. And that's just reality like i can't tell you i have no idea and mind you to be perfectly fair to be perfectly blunt if i had a working crystal ball that told me exactly what it is i ain't telling (laughs) y'all you you can you can ask me about it later on my yacht yeah exactly so if i have a working crystal ball it's like you can ask me about it later on my yacht my friends (laughs) that's that's how that would work but uh hopefully that gives a little perspective a little context is like i'm not telling anybody to do anything uh, if you if you want to sit if you want to sit on the sidelines, do that if it makes you more comfortable, do that. Um, if you want to pursue it, do your research, be very careful what you do. you can also very easily make some big mistakes. Uh, I wouldn't throw everything into anything regardless of what it is. Um, I would move cautiously, but I also probably wouldn't stand still. <laughs> My recommendation would be I would move, but I would move cautiously and deliberately and be very careful what you're doing, what you're planning on doing. Yeah. That makes sense?
1: It makes perfect sense.
0: So that's, uh, like I said, history has taught us this. This has happened a bunch of different times. And it will happen again. If you live long enough, you'll see it a couple more times. So Do Exactly. Well, that Do too,
1: right? Want. Like it, There's a, a, a cyclical nature to some of this stuff as well, right? Yep.
0: And every single time uh, that the people that are willing to stomach it, like I gave you the extreme with that crypto thing, the people that have been willing to stomach it, they bought it. They bought at or near those lows, maybe sold in those highs and rebought at the lows, <laughs> and they made money over time. Or yeah. they hung on to it and when the time was right, they moved some of it and collected some profit along the way. Either way.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And that concludes my economic symposium.
1: Thank you, sir. Indeed. And that could conclude the episode, too, if we wish it to.
0: Oh, because I
1: have nothing left to talk about. Do you?
0: <laughs> I, I do. Can we talk about the Sasha Banks like, for a couple minutes? Oh, of course we can talk yeah. about the Sasha Banks. Yeah, this is fair. Part. I did
1: wonder if we were going to bring it up when we, we talked about her episode of WWE Evil. But...
0: No, no. This, this is a more appropriate time. I have all to right. give the economic symposium first. Right. I hope you all were taking notes. I hope you all were taking notes. Hopefully hopefully, I gave you something. Anyway. Okay. i uh, I'm amused do you want to give any initial thoughts and i can kind of respond to you or well i mean
1: so first of all there's always part of it where it's like okay is this is a work mm, sure right i i think you know the business being what it is mm-hmm. and regardless of the fact that wwe put out a statement about it or not still it doesn't matter mm-hmm. right it could there, the possibility that it's a work exists so there's always that mm-hmm. um I feel like in in some ways like if it's if that's the then I'm like yeah I think sasha banks is his booking lately has been shit
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and and so there's some justification to be upset with that i, I also, <laughs> lately
0: lately is in the last six or seven years
1: yeah <laughs> um i I also wonder if somehow Naomi has been kind of sucked into this when maybe maybe it hasn't been as bad for her or she doesn't really need to go down that hole with sasha but fair enough
0: has it not been that bad for her Oh, I don't know she's been at the company even longer, has she? And you, you, yeah. And you could argue, you could argue, she hasn't accomplished a fraction of probably what she could have.
1: Hmm. I mean, see, the problem is I don't follow it that closely in yeah. terms of.
0: Yeah, she started off as a glorified cheerleader. She was a funkadactyl.
1: Ooh, funkadactyl.
0: Yep. So she started off with that, had basically just a nondescript run. She has had a couple of titles, um, but they're spread out over a long period of time, and a lot of the time she's just kind of there. She's basically part of the furniture.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what Sasha Banks has been lately, too.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Naomi is also married to one of the Usos. So uh so she it's been like the joke has been forever. It's like, well, why don't you put us part of the bloodline? She literally is married to one of the Usos. And in turn, that would immediately give her a little bit more prominence, a little more airtime. She'd be on TV. Literally, it's been there right for them. They haven't done a damn thing about it.
1: So I don't know. I, I think it would be interesting to see if, if what happens in the, the other thing, right? It's like, you know, because um, obviously they haven't been released from a contract or anything like that. They haven't fired over it.
0: Mm-hmm. But at least um, from what I understand, just to interject a little information here, from what I understand from Naomi specifically, and possibly Sasha, but Naomi specifically, she could have as few as a couple of months left on her contract. Plus like, the 90 days? Well, the 90, no. day, the 90 days would be if something happens with that. But right now, her contract, right now from what's been out there, uh, people are looking into, uh, Naomi's contract could be up over the next couple of months. She would be in the position where she'd be looking at potentially an extension and she'd be in negotiations with W B about that.
1: Okay. So basically, her, she could be a free agent in a couple of months, potentially.
0: hmm Okay. And possibly, based on, like I said, some reporting, possibly Sasha as well. Her contract could also be coming read right up. So it could be a situation where they're right about maximum leverage. If you're going to make a power play, you're going to try to make a move. It's a hell of a lot easier when they like, well, you're going to hold you to the end of your contract. Okay. Uh, See you in the fall.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if you're going to make that kind of move, you want to make that kind of move when you have some kind of leverage.
0: Yeah. So that would be kind of the spot because if you're towards the tail end of the contract is when you can usually pull and solicit the maximum amount of money the maximum amount of promises, whatever they're going to be. And Sasha already did walk out once previously uh, that they kind of kept quiet. Where people are doing the comparison is that the last time she was upset and frustrated with creative, she kind of took off. She literally disappeared for months and went off and did her own thing. She even went to Japan. She just went out to Japan to do some training with some folks and stuff. And she was actually training with some of them on some strong style wrestling and stuff like she, she was actually training wrestling, but over there, uh, well, well, you know, she was gone from WWE entirely. She did eventually come back, but it's one of those things where it's like, um, if she's fr- she's been frustrated and has walked off before, and also she, for Sasha Banks specifically, she's had The Mandalorian. She is she's done like um, like a Kevin Hart. Uh, he's got like his little web show. She's been on that. Yep. Cold she as gets balls. Treat- Yeah, she gets treated as like a star outside of just the WWE thing. And she's got potentially opportunities outside of WWE, which could also be a leverage point and be like, okay, well, if worse comes to worse, I don't really need to come back here and wrestle for you. I could just do a movie or do a TV show or do some other stuff. I've got other irons in the fire. I don't need you.
1: And I mean, Snoop Dogg's her cousin. Mm -hmm. So she's got, I mean, she's got connections.
0: Yeah. So it's one of those things where in that situation, again, you do have a little bit more leverage. Um, the Naomi thing, again, if her contract is closing in the expiration date, she also has a little bit of leverage in the sense that contract, but also she is married to one of the Usos who are close to the Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is close to The Rock. If it becomes a family thing and they get pissed off, you're going to piss off The Rock? Yeah. When you want to set up this big match, right? Yeah. The Rock also doesn't need you. So just to be clear, if if The Rock doesn't like the color of your banners and decides to leave and not do it, you, you just lost out your big money match, right? Yeah. So you're not. So anything, any transgression, any the reason if you pay attention, a lot of people focus their attention on like uh, a lot of the internal scuttlebutt where people talk about the even the unprofessionalism and all that that WWE tried to put out there. They focus most of their attention on Sasha because they're like, okay, well we can't go too hard on Naomi because number one, people like Naomi. Uh but number two, she's kind of married to the guy who has who has a bit of a connect with The Rock. Don't make the Rock angry. Just saying. Yeah. You so, hear the
1: Rock, do you hear they've got like an actual XFL has a TV deal now?
0: yes yes i did uh xfl 3.0 is uh is trying to is trying to give us a little bit of entertainment although i still like the 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 logo and stuff so boring though this time around that's black and white That's so lame
1: well we'll see where it goes but it's interesting that it looks like it actually will happen
0: well have you watched any of the usfl thing because that's been on
1: no yeah
0: <laughs> uh, i've watched a little bit of it it's okay um i did see a bunch of former uh former xfl and uh, sorry aaf uh alumnus uh yeah. attended the F good old F F was good man it, it was. was good it was like it, it honestly it should have been la- like Tom Dundon screwed us all it's fact <laughs> 4d chess you screwed us all Tom Dundon um it could have been very entertaining but it is what it is
1: but alas no. yep exactly
0: but yeah whatever um we'll have to see it is kind of interesting but uh just to put a button on the Sasha Banks thing I'm interested um now mind you it could be a situation eventually where it's not a work but be, if they come to a deal it could become a work you could just work it into your storyline later yep which um, is not
1: like that's never even done before yeah exactly and but the truth
0: is i don't believe it's a work um i do believe the um just the press release and also the fact they buried them on tv uh
1: yeah twice yeah they buried them on raw and they buried them on smackdown too
0: yeah so the thing is like at that point yeah look even if you want to try to work it into a story So what is, what would be your strategy at that? Like for the sake of argument, for somebody who wants to go the work um, angle. Okay, cool. So your plan is that when they come back, they will get cheered or booed or a combination of both. And then you strip them of the titles, which, but whatever, it doesn't, those titles are meaningless anyway, but then you don't have other tag teams anyway. So you re-emphasize the problem you had in the first place, which is you don't have tag teams. Those titles don't mean anything. And the one legitimate tag team you had who were the champions um, are away. And then you award the title to who? Yeah. Two randomly thrown together women? Good luck with that. Let me know how that turns out.
1: drop and Nikki Ash, man. Come on.
0: My point is made. My point has genuinely been made. So anyway, that's that. Uh, one more thing, real quick. Uh, I'll touch on one AEW thing just because it made me laugh. Um, I was watching. Oh, was the... in
1: MJF spray tan? What the no, fuck no, no, was no. that shit? I, I, know, that? I know,
0: I know you. I know you were. I, I caught it after the fact that I did. I did notice it. Yes, and that wasn't my main focus, but yes, I, I understand right. what you're saying. Right. Uh, no, the the thing that I was laughing about is that um, I got a kick out of the um, the uh, the dynamite episode focused on the two jokers. Because you had the two jokers. So Britt yeah. Baker had one and then um and big, then big so, disappointment
1: in jokers, personally. Uh
0: it, it was here's the thing. I understand but it was also very funny to me. Um
1: I was thinking Athena was gonna be the, the female. I would have
0: thought for the female one it would have made more sense, yeah. I'm wondering if maybe they weren't able to come to a deal yet, and that might be why it didn't happen. But it made me laugh because I, I'm familiar with that lady. I'm glad, by the way. Kudos to AEW for showing the footage that she had Brit Baker had tagged previously. Because I I recognized her, but I was like, I can't quite pin it because it's not like she's on TV all the time for Dynamite or for AEW. So I was like, I feel like I've seen her before. I don't watch a lot of Japan, but I feel like I've I've seen her for before for sure. And then they showed the clip of them tag teaming. Oh yes, okay, now I know who you're talking about. Got it. Um, very much a Yoshi. It's too much for me. Whatever, like fine. But she and Brit Baker did a good enough job. I, I I don't I'm not complaining too much with that. Johnny though made me laugh. I legitimately just cackled. I was like, oh, Johnny Elite. <laughs> uh.
1: See, I never thought he was that good, ever.
0: The, the thing with him is that he is athletic. He is extremely athletic. He's got a good look. Like He's still in amazing shape, tremendous shape. Um, he looks like a million bucks, but it's like he's always been missing something. Um, I, I think it's that he kind of sucks at talking. He's just not a very good talker. But, like, he's got the star look. Like, if you just look at him, and, and also in ring, like, he can go. He can, he can, he can do it. Um, but, yeah, he's always kind of missed something. He's always been, he's one of those guys that actually is a borderline guy that you could make a main event under the right circumstances. But I almost feel like you have to give him a manager. I feel like he would be a guy who would really benefit from one who can accentuate what he does because he can perform in ring. He can show off some fancy moves. He's in amazing shape, and he looks, and he looks like a champion. He looks like a million bucks. Um, but it was a fun match with Joe, but I just, I, my thought process was less about, is he a main event star for them or whatever? I was just like, but I feel like I've got other guys who can do this job that you that you would potentially do for them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't necessarily need, I have no issue with him being around and doing some stuff, but I feel like I, I can grab some other guys off the roster that can fulfill that role. If that, if that's the role we're looking for, like, you've already got guys on the roster that can do that. So I'm like, what specifically do we need you for? yeah so I'm like okay whatever maybe uh maybe tony khan's a big fan of john morrison from back in the day. i don't maybe. know maybe who knows but like i said whatever uh, they did it um also down um they did the slow motion thing when john morrison does his pose completely misfired on when to do the slow motion they did it too early oh yeah well he does the arm thing and that's when he's that's when you're supposed to go to the slow motion because wb used to do that exact thing with the thing in his posing But it's like you started it too early. So, like, he's already in slow motion. He hasn't even raised his arm. (laughs) I was like, no, what what are you doing?
1: They got to still work on some things.
0: Yeah, the the production still needs some work. Honestly, Tony Khan, I would spend some money on the production, folks. Like, we we need to step up our game in the production just a smidge. For the most part, not not inoffensive. Although,
1: Um, I thought. considering recent shows i actually thought it was a pretty good dynamite this week
0: i think it was yeah i think the the matches were decent i i think the crowd reaction was pretty good i thought the crowd was was solid for a lot of it um i will say carrying over because it was in the same venue i will say carrying over into the um into the rampage episode i liked that they had the statlander match with um with red velvet so red velvet obviously is with um uh, jade cargill and the baddies and all that stuff it was fine i thought it was a good showcase for Statlander to show off a lot of power she did a lot of big power moves uh so pretty good with that but um my thing is always like okay look you kind of play into it i understand that you changed stat Leonard's character but i still don't understand how exactly other than the fact she is now no longer from the andromeda galaxy you kind of dropped the alien thing but other than that it's like okay so what is she though mm-hmm. she's from she's from long island new york i got it but what else like and by the way, the gimmick, the gear and everything is good. And she's showing off power, and she's doing a great job in ring. The presentation's fine. But I'm like, okay, but who, who is she then? Yeah. Like, what is she then? G- give me something. Just explain it to me. Um, so that's something that you need to fill in the gaps. And that's been an issue with AEW. They always struggle with the women's division. For the record, not the same people.
1: Also, where the fuck is Thunderosa? Rosa?
0: Oh, it's not like she's the champion or anything. We don't need her. <laughs> but, uh, But anyway remember what i said i was concerned about her title reign how we were gonna go and i laid out a path and they ignored my and they ignored my yeah i laid out a path i explained this that we could have gotten there but no don't listen to carlos what does he know
1: I, well exactly what does Carlos uh, know?
0: but my favorite thing um for the fifth or sixth straight time it's gotta be tony shivani and that, but now now it's no longer uh, no longer jamie hater so you know mercifully it's a slight variation tony shivani Tony Storm and Britt Baker face off in the back. Why is this the only thing we do? <laughs> like, I'm like, could you, like, do... Ma- fine. Do you want to do this segment? Have Britt Baker come out and yell at Tony Storm from there. Or have Tony Storm yell from the ring to Britt Baker. Just for a change of pace. I don't actually uh, need it. Like, this back and forth. This them staring at each other. Why don't you just attack each other? You're literally standing feet away from each other. Yeah. Like, I I don't understand at least the one time they said oh yeah it's like uh you know tony khan said no contact before the match it's like cool but okay fine at least say that then but then why do they have to stand there like idiots (laughs) just looking at each other with tony Shabani in the middle (laughs) oh man it's brutal man (laughs) Like i I know
1: it's bad there's some things where you're just like give me a freaking break
0: but testament to the problem here's the best part testament to the problem. It's still a hundred times better than WB. <laughs> how far have how far have the mighty fallen? It's like nah, still better than WB. Shit, I can fast forward through the stupid parts, whatever. But but it's like nah, I I'll give I'll I'll watch this, not the whole show, but I'll watch I'll watch a piece of it. Yeah, I watch the matches that interest me to do whatever. And apparently, I guess um they're gonna do the um yeah I guess they're gonna do like I guess the trios uh, match or the one on one match. I forget what it was. Because they're going to have, um, oh, what's her name? Penta, Pac, and... Uh, Death Rain Triangle. F- Death Triangle, thank you. Versus House of Black. Yeah, so... Will
1: it'll you be g- getting the uh, Double or Nothing pay-per-view, Carlos?
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, for sure.
1: Like, so you can ma- watch Punk become the champion?
0: I, I, I would like to see it, because I feel like then we'll get Heel Punk. Because mm. Heel Punk could be fun. We could have a lot of fun with Heel Punk. Uh, so I think that'll be good. Uh, so we'll see, and I also want to see uh, hopefully Wardlow because the the build with Wardlow has been good, and I think we're we're on pace to get our payoff soon. Um, and Wardlow, and they've done a great job. Here's the thing: in contrast to everything I just said about the women's division, how pathetically bad they've done the job with that, the Wardlow build has been magnificent in mm-hmm. terms of its pacing. And right now, it feels like we're in a really good spot. He gets the Goldberg chance with with no intro music. He gets the reaction from the crowd, really good. MJF is at his heelish best right now. They're doing a great job with that. They've done the thing. Even when they did the lashes thing, they literally ripped off the lashes thing they did from the Cody Rhodes feud. But in contrast to that, Wardlow took the first bunch of lashes and pretended like it didn't even matter. And yeah. He just stood there like smirking at him. Mm-hmm. And it was good when when MJF gets so frustrated that he kicks him in the nuts and then starts wailing on him. So it's like, good. You didn't exactly you you took the same idea you changed it up a little bit this is good so i thought it and it made more sense so like okay fine yeah wardlow is a really tough guy so well, whatever but then yeah mjf gets frustrated all right kicking the nuts this is a standard move kicking the nuts so it's like all right cool i like it uh and then they're gonna have the match with um sean spears so they'll do the cage match obviously he's got to overcome the odds again uh doing that and then uh the, hopefully the match is pay-per-view and they're doing a good job but again i'm hoping I hope you got to follow a plan because eventually Wardlow has to get away from MJF. You you've actually done a good job building him. Now he's got to go do something else.
1: Yeah, Let's get the payoff. Right?
0: Yeah. But like we're, we're going, we've done a good, they've made a star because Wardlow was not a star when we started this process. This is true. And now he is a star. So now you must use your star and find the next thing for him. So hopefully you've got your next plan because now you've got a star. You got one more. This is good. You built Darby Allen. Good. You built this guy. Good. And we've got now some folks. I need Miro back. I need him to finally defeat God. Pin him, pin him one, two, three in the middle in the middle of the celestial ring, and get me back my freaking Miro.
1: Yeah, man. I don't know because it's like Miro. I don't think Miro did anything wrong.
0: Like no, no, they resigned. He they re-signed to an extension. He literally is getting paid more.
1: He's gonna just sit on his ass at home. Uh, right now, yes, and fight God. Well, his wife posts ra- racy pictures on his own
0: our own website. What we're saying is that Miro literally has ascended. <laughs> he goes, so you're going to pay me so that I can play video games at home and and, and watch my wife pose provocatively in underwear. I accept your terms. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, I have won! <laughs> it's like, hey, look, I give him his credit. Like, you know, g- good job by you, sir. Okay. Good job by you. Good job by you. That's right. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. But I was just like, I was like, can, can we can we get him back here so we can do freaking Hoss fight already? Like yes. I got so many good Hoss fights ready for this man. We are ready. Imagine Miro and Keith Lee. That'd be hilarious.
1: It would be. I would be. I, I would love be, it. Yeah, It'd Be, I'd, I'd be ready right for that.
0: Like, look, I can build you. Like, dude, we can have a Hoss fight division now. Get him the get him the Ooh, Hoss fight. Hoss fight division. Yeah. Like, at this point, we have a hos fight division. We do. <laughs> it's like, why do you have another World
1: belt? Miro. Sodnam Singh.
0: To a lesser degree, yes. Uh, <laughs> I
1: just want to see your reaction on that one. <laughs>
0: to a lesser degree, yes. Uh but yeah. Yeah, you do. You hey, got at that. least
1: at least I will give it, at least Sodom Singh can move.
0: A le- yes, great Khali, yes. Who, could, who, could, I always
1: pa- wondered how did that man wrestle? Because
0: he could barely walk. No, yeah, exactly. I, I do agree with this. This is this is a correct statement. That that is that is fair. That is fair. Uh but yeah, it's 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 one of those things. But yeah, no, you can have a house fight division and be hilarious. It's like why do you have another belt? It's like, I need the Big Van Vader Memorial Championship. That's the Hoss Fight Championship. Yes, Vader. See? Only if, someone,
1: only if they get a 400-pounder to do a moonsault.
0: They, they might have one. <laughs> like there's a, of, there's a lot of real big guys. Keith, Keith Lee's Lee moonsault! Pu- well, Keith Lee's probably pushing 400. Yeah, probably. I, I He's got to be close if not if not there. But yeah, they got, they got enough guys to do that. Let's
1: see if we can look that up right now i want to see if i can find Keith Lee's weight
0: yeah and I, I assume it's oscillated because when he first came to aew uh he he did need to lose some weight because he was uh he wasn't moving nearly as quickly as he usually does but i'll uh, we'll have to see uh it says weight 154 kilograms is what they I know why today. do they
1: always give it it's like i literally t- i literally googled Keith Lee weight in pounds and it's like 154 kilograms it's like give me a break
0: so it says 340. Give or take about 340. Yeah. He's running higher than that. <laughs> when he came in, he was running higher than that. But okay, fair enough. Whatever. So either way he's either way he's gigantic. Regardless, regardless, he's he's a big dude. However you want however you want to slice it. But yes. So we'll see. Like I said, for me, I'm enjoying it. I will definitely order the pay per view. Uh I, I seize with jealousy to the people that will get to go to the show in Vegas. If I was sitting on some money, I would definitely I, I'd go to that show in Vegas. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah because that'd be that'd be fun
1: because you know? you've got like you've got this you got the event you've got all the you know the fan fest surrounding the event and you're in vegas
0: yeah and right now from what i've seen from some travel uh youtubers that i follow that are they're based out of there it's like right now vegas vegas is open for business they're doing they're doing their stuff so you can go out there hang out have a good time and go and visit the sites if you time it right maybe there's a ufc around the corner oh man of sandwich what's that of sandwich well, i i don't know if the. i assume they're still open back in the probably I, i'd be there i'd be there i'm just saying i just want to live my best life <laughs> if y'all could just let me go to vegas and live my best life is that too much to ask
1: all you gotta do is stay at the win with the golf course Carlos.
0: what golf course hmm? what golf course
1: there's like a win a win hotel in vegas with a golf course
0: well i i, I stayed at the
1: win last time i know but he has several properties
0: yeah but there's the Win and there's the encore and they're will basically, basically like beside each other i don't remember a golf course
1: i don't know maybe well, maybe it's not actually attached to a hotel. i was, I was gonna to say golf. i was gonna say
0: not to my recollection but maybe maybe they've changed something who knows but anyway anyway that's it um it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it it'll be a good time i think and then hopefully uh hopefully it goes and uh and to everybody
1: yeah the win las vegas mm-hmm. sorry i had to so the Encore and the Wynn, mm-hmm. right? Is that, that's where you stayed there?
0: I stayed at the Wynn, but the Encore is a neighboring facility, yes. The neighboring okay. building.
1: So directly behind there is Wynn Golf Club.
0: Tells you how many times I went behind the Wynn. So <laughs> I mean, I'm,
1: I'm assuming that they're connected to each other.
0: I guess so. I I honestly didn't realize they had a golf course.
1: Yeah. I knew that, so I, thought, I just looked it up in Google Maps because I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a golf course connected there.
0: There you go. News to me. Maybe I need to go visit again and check out the golf course. Maybe. There you go. And on that bombshell, <laughs> that concludes episode 132 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast, where Carlos will be dreaming of living his best life in the wind and discovering a golf course that he only Maybe. recently became aware existed. Facts. Facts. Anything else to add, David?
1: I do not have anything else to add.
0: Excellent. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Financial Times Television. Probably not the last one. <laughs> Don't look for a star. You probably won't find
1: it. You
0: need <laughs> My Hopefully my audition tape gets through. Uh, but in the meantime, in the meantime, those are the places and also the YouTubes where you get fancy charts. Yes. Only when it's applicable, but in this case, we got fancy charts. Look, I gave you crypto. Look, I gave you the card market. I showed you the charts on charts on charts. Praise me. That's it. That concludes this episode. We will catch you all in the next one.